What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to the True Blue Cubs podcast. I'm your host, diehard Cubs fan, Chicago native, and stand-up comedian, Joe Kilgallen. I hope everyone had a wonderful weekend. It's Monday. Kids are back in school. Chicago Public Schools, Catholic schools all started. So, uh, yeah, for those parents out there listening, I hope drop-off was smooth for you. I hope you weren't like me running late, barely getting to the kid on time on the first day, looking like just like a putz of a parent, but uh, I hope it was good for you. And uh, yeah, I hope everyone has a good start to the school year. I-, I will say this though, a lot of people out there sharing those posts of the kiddos on their first day, which it's great to see in the caption, it says summer is over and no, 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 my friends. Summer is not over. Summer goes until September 21st. I won't have you or anyone else out there ending our summer prematurely because school's back in session. That's not how this works. You could go to school a little bit in the summer, okay? We have about a month of summer left. It's going to be in the 80s pretty much all week in the Chicagoland area. So I say soak up that sun, okay? Oh, so your sons or daughters are in school till 2.30, 3.30? That means it's over? Misery time again? I don't think so. I know a lot of you love fall. I enjoy fall too, but summer is the best. And you need to stretch it out as long as you possibly can. So I say have a beer on the front steps tonight. Uh, Go out for a nice leisurely walk, right? Grill. Keep on grilling. Do all the fun summer things you can now because there's going to be a time when it's freaking freezing outside in January and it's dark at 307 And you're going to be longing for the days. You're going to say, why did I say summer was over on August 22nd? What am I, some kind of dope? Maybe I should go back to school and learn how seasons work. Maybe you'll say that. (laughs) All right. Uh, Great weekend. It was a great weekend of Chicago Cubs baseball. The Cubs have been winning series, winning series, winning series. Playing wonderful, a fun ball, too. They've been playing some fun ball. Now, obviously, the bullpen's performance is going to make us bang our head off our, our walls every now and then. And I think that's just going to happen. I think you have to accept that Cubs fans that despite the fact that the starting pitching has really stepped up and the offense has been fun to watch, the bullpen will still continue to blow games. That's what happens when you trade your best five relief pitchers at the trade deadline. But yes, the Cubs have been a joy to watch since the trade deadline. I feel like Kevin Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ, and I'm going to focus on Ian Happ a little bit in this podcast because Ian in yesterday's loss to the Milwaukee Brewers, the only loss of the weekend is the Cubs took two out of three from the Brew Crew. And I will say this, the Brew Crew is a good nickname. Brew Crew, it's pretty cool. Look, I'm not a fan of the Brewers. Although I, I think as a Cubs fan, you have to admit their ballpark's pretty good. Not, It's not Wrigley. Of course it's not Wrigley. And I had a great time at Wrigley yesterday. I'll get to all that. But we will talk about Ian Happy as he had his 100th home run in the finale of the series. Again, taking two out of three is nice. It was nice. The Cubs find themselves in the face in the Cardinals this week. We get to play spoiler. These are the things you have to look forward to in August and September when your team is not in it. But hopefully this will be the last August and September where we're not in it for a long time. Okay, let's let's believe that, Cubs fans. I also like to talk about Justin Steele. Justin Steele put together another stellar performance going six shutout innings. He just keeps on rolling along and is really setting himself up to be a legit number two starter in Major League Baseball. I'll look into the numbers there. Also, I want to talk about, this is what we're going to lead off with, the main first segment here. Former Cubs manager Joe Madden. Some stuff has been going around on the internet about some comments Joe Madden made in an interview. It was first, I believe the interview was a Tampa sports-related interview. 
because those were the papers I saw first circulated. And some people are kind of saying some negative things about Joe Madden in regards to it. They don't really like his views on a couple things. And it's all in the in regards to the sport of baseball. I'm going to start off by saying this. I will not say anything bad about Joe Madden. Okay? Was Joe Madden a perfect manager? No, he was not. Was he the perfect manager at the time for the young Chicago Cubs? Yes. Yes, he was. Now, I don't know how fellow Cubs fans felt, but as someone who's in their uh, almost late 30s, I saw the mistakes of other heralded managers. The Cubs had a lot of big-name managers. They, it's not like they ever didn't have a big-name manager. Don Baylor was considered a big-name when he was here for a little bit. Dusty Baker was very big-name. He was coming off a World Series defeat. Lou Pinella, of course, legendary Cubs manager. And then Joe Madden. Joe Madden they hired just before the 2015 season when he became available. Andrew Friedman uh, left the Dodgers, and that triggered an opt-out in Madden's contract. So he then also, uh, I'm sorry, Andrew Friedman left for the Dodgers from Tampa Bay, and that move made it so that Madden could opt out of his contract and become a free agent. And Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer snatched him up, which was great. There's a fun fact there that doesn't get mentioned often. Theo Epstein when he hired Terry Francona to be the Red Sox manager at the start, at the beginning before the 2004 season, 2003 was Theo's first year with Boston. They fired Grady little because he pitched Pedro too much. They're like, dude, what are you doing? His arm's going to fall off. Pay attention. Brought in Tito uh, Francona and uh, the runner up was Joe Madden. So a lot of people don't talk about that. Theo Epstein had the choice, but he, he narrowed it down to two managers to take over for the old four season. Tito Francona or Joe Madden. So you guys got a pretty good eye for uh, managing talent. I'd have to say, obviously you could point out the Dale Swain and um, although Rick Retoria is a better manager than people gave him credit for. I thought Ricky Retoria did a fine job with the 2014 Cubs and he obviously did a lot better with the White Sox than Tony LaRusso has been doing. So I will not hear any Rick Retoria bashing. And I'm also, here's why I won't bash Joe Madden. As Cubs fans, we do view the game differently. Not worse, not better. I mean, I think we're better fans than most fan bases, especially Wrigley at the game, like live. We get behind our team, and nothing was more evident than that than this past weekend and what we've seen the last few weeks post-trade deadline. It's amazing what the morale has been like since we kept Contreras and Hap. I really feel like people are like, all right, cool, great, you know, because I think we didn't want our hearts ripped out again. We didn't want to see, you know, Contreras in a Mets uniform or somewhere like that. It was just like, oh, this is too much. So what I want to talk about, though, is how we as Cubs fans, look, I always said to myself, whoever, I remember being a little kid, I'm like, man, I wonder, whoever, whoever World Series, they're going to be legends forever. And I see some people, and it's Twitter, it's social media, who do, the people who do this. Most Cubs fans, I have to remind myself, are not on social media even, and they're not represented by the voices that are sometimes the loudest on social media. And there's a lot of great Cubs followers on social media. Believe me, I've got like a real kind of love-hate relationship with it, though, because I love a lot of the people out there, and there's so many great uh, guys and girls and people covering the Cubs on a daily basis on Twitter. And then you got your haters, and it's really the social media algorithm that Twitter does where it's like, oh, let's promote the haters, and and then the haters try to spoil good things. And I won't let people drag Joe Madden through. Did I think it was right to move on from him when we did? Yes, I do, actually. And I think he was not a good manager when it comes to managing bullpens. Game seven, he did a terrible job.
but also his impact on the young team in 15 and 16 was something I'd like to point out that had a good effect in game seven. People forget Javi Baez had two errors in game seven of the 2016 World Series. Two. And this was a guy who was one of the best defensive players on the planet at that time. And I remember what, both times I still had a calmness where in years past, 07, 08, uh, 2003, definitely. As a Cubs fan throughout your life, you know, it's passed down from generations. You're always kind of not really taught, but it's it's baked in. It's in our DNA to look out for the moment. The moment where you're like, oh my God, that's the highlight. I'm going to have to watch the next 50 years of my life. And those thoughts came across my head when Javi had a couple of errors and then, and obviously the wild pitch from Lester that scored two runs. I remember being like, oh my God, a wild pitch scored two runs. That like never happens. So there's a lot of fear there. But then I, I calmness came over me because I'm like, no, this is different. This year is different. This team does not let the pressure exceed the pleasure, which is one of Joe Madden's Maddenisms. He was great for that. He was the right manager for a young team on the rise. He took all the pressure off of them and kind of carried it with him on himself. Ozzie Guillen was a manager who did a good job with that. There's been a lot of managers throughout baseball who are smart enough to know, okay, this I need to be the guy that the media focuses on and my players need to get back to focusing on the game. And that's where Joe was great. I remember thinking to myself during the 2007-2008 Cubs, they went back-to-back division titles. 08 team won 97 games. They looked like, oh, they're going to just roll through the playoffs. That's what it felt like. And they didn't. They got swept first round. Offense disappeared. You, you could tell they felt the pressure. And the media, the whole week leading up to that playoff series was asking every player, 1908, what do you think about 1908? Tell us more about 1908. Just taking a dagger and just gut stabbing every Cubs fan every time they brought up those four stupid numbers. Madden did a great job of deflecting from that. The players rarely talked about it. And the media didn't bring it up as much. They kind of felt like, oh, there's no point in bringing it up. They don't care. It has no impact on them. They're all super young. And the Cubs were incredibly young when they won in 2016, one of the youngest teams to ever win a World Series. So Joe Madden, that's where his genius as a manager lied, with taking the pressure off the players by creating a fun atmosphere. He was great for that. But once those young players become veterans, they're kind of like, hey, I don't want to dress up in pajamas. And where am I playing today? Oh, I'm playing second base. I've never played second base before. This is great. Why do we do this all the time? Can I have a set position in the lineup spot? It's different when I'm young and hungry and trying to figure it out. I've got several kids now and I've got a lot of bills and I'm trying to play for my next free agent contract. Let's not get cute every day. Okay. We're going to do this, the animal petting zoo thing again. Down with that. That sounds awesome. But look, zany suits. I don't have time to go shopping. I'm a major league baseball player. We play every day. All right. Could we just chill for a minute? That's what I felt like. That, that's where the vibe shifted. And maybe you put that on the players, maybe you put that on Joe, or it's a combination of both. Great managers are managing personality. So you need to understand certain ways you treat players when they're 22, 23. Once they're established and they're veterans, 20, which is, happens at 25, 26, you got to treat them differently. I mean, any parent out there knows you, you talk to a 17-year-old differently than you talk to a 12-year-old. And I just don't think he was good at evolving with that. But I'm not going to say anything negative about him because he's Joe Madden. And so you guys could look up yourselves. He basically was saying he doesn't like the idea that Everything's by the book now, and the front office is basically tell the managers exactly what to do, and it's just there's no feel for the game, and the analytics is ruining stuff, which is weird because at the time, people thought he was a big analytics guy because of all the shifting he used to do and all these other things. So I think, you know, he's getting a little older. He's getting annoyed. He says he's done with the Angels, doesn't want to talk. They don't exist to him anymore. 
Um, but look, however you want to handle a breakup, that's how you handle it. And Joe Manon wants to be like, Angels fired me. I'm done with the Angels. That's fair. Uh, he didn't say he was rooting against him because he got a lot of friends there still, but he was just like, look, they don't exist anymore. And I think that's just his mindset of moving on. I think it's more of a spiritual thing with him. I think he's just one of those guys where it's like, if I think about the Angels, it puts me in a negative headspace. So right now I'm just going to pretend like there's no Angels. You know, that sounded deep. There's no angels. So, yeah, that's why I'm not going to join in with some people who are kind of like calling Joe Madden old and it's like, oh, this guy's overrated anyway. There's no need to do that. There's no need to like, so someone you loved and was great for your team and great for your organization, they later change their minds and stuff, say some dopey things. There's no reason to, to jump on board with that either. You know what I mean? You don't have to step on the grave anymore. They're already digging their own hole. I'm always going to look back on Joe Madden finally, and I hope Cubs fans do as well. All right. Now, Justin Steele, let's talk about this. I go on fan graphs, and when I look at pitchers, I look strictly our league. Some people like to do the whole MLB. They'd be like, oh, he's the number this in all of baseball. I still separate the leagues enough, even though with interleague play, they're not as separate. You're still facing the National League mostly. So amongst National League pitchers, Justin Steele is 16th best. He has a 2.6 wins above replacement. If you're top 16, yeah, you should be a solid two. He's a number two. This is great news. Marcus Stroman, also a number two. Keegan Thompson right now, because he kind of hit the wall the last three, two or three weeks, now he's on the IL, Keegan Thompson. I think it's one of those things where they're kind of shutting him down because this is the most easy ever pitched. And it was a little different with him because he started the year in the pen where Steele was a starter from Jump Street. Um, I still have some faith in Keegan Thompson, but I'll put him as a number four, five, number four, five. Hendricks, we'll talk about Hendricks on the next podcast because he recently, there's reports that he might not come back to pitch this season. So, um, you know, I'd have him as number five next year. And now we need an ace. Go, go, go get an ace, Cubs. Come on, let's get an ace. We could do it. We got um, we got the money. Definitely got the money. But is there an ace available via free agency? That we'll dive into another episode. Um, it is interesting. You, Darvish, by the way, number 10, National League pitchers, 3.1 war. Guy's still pitching awesome. Uh, Carlos Rodon, he will be a free agent. He'll cost some money. I I'm I'm down with it. I'm down with the cause. 4.7 wins above replacement. Looking at Steele's numbers though, yesterday, six innings, two hits, zero earned runs, only one walk, nine Ks. That ratio is elite. Again, that ERA is 3.25. His FIP is 310. That is fielding independent pitching, you know. So a lower FIP than your ERA says you're really even pitching better than your ERA shows which is just great to see. Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Justin Steele. He's got a bulldog mentality. John Lester was at the game yesterday. I was also at the game yesterday. Center field bleachers, courtesy of Timothy Tools Bar in Chicago, 622 North Fairbanks. They were celebrating their 30th anniversary, and they were kind enough to invite me along. I've been producing comedy shows there for, damn, like 12 to 13 years now, and I, I love the staff there. Shout out to uh, Humberto Martinez and his awesome wife, Sarah. Um, I got Rashid, Andre, Carlos. I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch of names, but you guys are the best. Uh, so if you're ever in Chicago, go downtown to Timothy O'Toole's Pub. It's right by Northwestern near the lake. It's in a great area. Great food, great wings, good beer, good everything. It's just it's a good atmosphere. And then afterwards, I popped over to Club 400. They were doing Club 400 Palooza. Uh, Patrick Wisdom came by, great guy, great family man too. He was with his family, answered some questions from our guy Crawley, who is the co-host of the Fly the W podcast. Check that out. Also, the Bleacher Bum Band entertained everyone, and they were loud. I could hear them from down to Racine. 
down Waveland Racine. I could hear them clear as day. They were on top of the roof. They sounded great singing Cubs parody songs. So shout out to Bleacher Jeff and Danny Rocket and the whole Bleacher Bum band. A lot of good vibes going on with the Cubs right now. Uh, the crowd was electric as always. Uh, uh, just being in the bleachers. Um, not my favorite part of the ballpark, by the way. I love them, though. They're still great. I love every part of Wrigley. Uh, but there was definitely good energy out there. John Lester was at the game. The crowd went nuts when they showed him on the big video board. Steele apparently got to meet him and say, hey, thanks for that tip. Because Lester told Rossi, hey, tell Justin Steele this. He told him, and it's really, he's been pretty lights out since. So that's that's cool to see. I wonder if there's a future for John Lester as a pitching coach. You know, we know he's got that don't F with me mindset. So I feel like he won't let people be lazy, which is a good thing out of a pitching coach. Although Tommy Hadovy's doing a wonderful job as well. All right, let's talk about our guy, Ian Happ. Is there anything else I want to talk about the Cubs atmosphere? Well, for some of you Cubs fans who are thinking, I don't like that they're selling all these tickets because maybe the Ricketts will get cheap again. I understand that fear. I don't think, I I think this year, look, it was a beautiful Sunday, Aaron water show going on August last Sunday before school starts. It did not sell out. This is a Cubs Brewers game. Again, Sunday, August 34,000 was the announced attendance. That's still awesome for a team. That's terrible, but still not. That's not what they're look. They have so much invested around the ballpark with the marquee network that I'd be very disappointed if they did a, yet another offseason of just kind of half measures. Because I know a lot of fans would be quick to point out, Stroman and Suzuki, they spent last year. I'm like, yeah, but come on. We knew that was a half measure. You, you, you're 15th in payroll. You should be a lot better than that. And there was enough short deals out there where they could have been more competitive. I'll move on. All right, so Ian Happ hit his 100th career home run. Ian Happ on the season now is in about 280, playing stellar defense in left field. Switch hitting, hitting much better from both sides of the play. OPS above 800. Here's what I like. Let's look at the numbers here. This is a shout-out to, I believe this is from Tony Andraki um, and Kyle Misonwich. They're writing for Marquee Sports Network. They did some really cool by the numbers things here. 64 of his 100 have been solo home runs. 25 two-run shots, nine three-run blasts, two grand slams. Um, good distribution. Oh, people always have more solo than anything because you just come up to base more often without anyone on. So I don't want anyone reading too much into this on the, the clutch thing, you know. Uh, he has 85 home runs from the left side, 15 as a righty. But again, I think his splits are getting better because there was a talk before this year where it's like, should Ian have even bat right-handed? Um, his Sunday bless was the 52nd at Wrigley. So just a little over. I could do the math real easy on this. 52% have been at Wrigley, 48% on the road. Uh, that's pretty damn even. Most players regardless of how home run friendly their ballpark is, their home ballpark will have more at home. You're you're just more comfortable there. You play more games there, clearly 81 times in that same ballpark. He has homered 16 times at the Great American Ballpark. I talked about an episode two weeks ago about how the Reds would definitely be smart to try to nab him in free agency when Ian hits the market, which hopefully he doesn't for some time because extend him. Um, we got the money. He's not going to break the bank. And also we have the DH so you can move them around the outfield while you let players develop naturally instead of bringing them all up at once so that they're all free agents at once, causing everyone a headache. Anyhow, um, what other cool numbers are there? He is so 100 home runs. There's only been 26 players in Major League history to have over 100 home runs for the Cubs. Isn't that something? And he joins it. Yeah, he's nine career games and multi-home run games. Some really cool facts. So check out the marquee. Just type in marquee. Uh, Sports Network and Ian Happ 100, and you'll get some really cool stats by that. All right. He's got the most home runs off of Adam Wainwright, which I love to see. 
And hitting one off of uh, Woodruff's not easy either. He is a big-name player. All right. That has been the podcast. I am at the 20-minute mark. I try to keep it to 20 to 15 minutes. Thank you for checking out the True Blue Cubs podcast. I hope everyone has themselves a wonderful week. I'll be back chatting with you to to recap the Cubs-Cardinals series in a couple days. You guys are the best. And as always, go Cubs.